I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan. I'm the host of Kinda Cute. And on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Of course, as usual, got some updates, got some thoughts for you guys. But first off, I'd love it if you rated this podcast five stars, left a written review, and subscribed. You can also find me at Kinda Cute Podcast on Instagram and at Bailey Evan on Instagram, where I would love if you shared your thoughts with me. First up, our girl Claire Saffitz, queen of Bon Appetit, was on Jimmy Fallon last night. So I just wanted to say, you go girl. We love a little internet crossover and I think she deserves it. I haven't watched the section yet, but I'm sure she killed it. I know her and Jimmy Fallon did like a cake off. So into seeing that. I was looking at my comments on YouTube today. I, I always forget to check them and then I I don't get a ton, but I had like four today and one of them... <laughs> on this video I did where I was comparing two of my favorite jewelry brands um, and just talking about my thoughts on them. It was basically just like a review video. This person wrote, this would be a decent review if this chick didn't sound like a ditzy valley girl. And I think what I really dislike about this is being called this chick because yuck, I just think that's so dismissive and gross. But I've told you guys many times before, this podcast is a never-ending journey of me trying to correct my up talk and my Valley Girl voice. I know it's bad. Like, you don't need to tell me that, Chiquita Banana. I know. Uh, So thanks for sticking with me through all of this. And, you know, I want to get into that a little bit because somebody's laughing at me right now. Because my problem is when I get too comfortable, I up talk and slip into Valley Girl. And if I feel nervous, I slip into Valley Girl. And I think at this point in the podcast, I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty comfortable. But on my YouTube videos, I'm nervous. So you guys are getting the short end of the stick any way you cut it. But can't you stop laughing at me? But that being said, so whenever you feel like I'm not talking in a Valley Girl voice, it's because I'm really, really hard having to think about it and turn on my lawyer voice. But anyways, again, thank you guys for sticking with me. I know it's not great. Um, I'm not going to do a whole article discussion on this, but The Cut wrote about how Leo DiCaprio calls Brad Pitt lover. We established when we did the Taylor Swift review that I am grossed out by the word lover and now Leo DiCaprio is calling Brad Pitt that and if I recall Brad Pitt called Leo LDC so I like that they have little pet names for each other but lover is maybe just not my cup of tea but I thought you guys would like to know that. The first thing I want to talk about today is not actually an article from the cut but it's something I am super hyped to talk about. I think I've brought up before my fascination with Alexis Nyers and the show Pretty Wild. Uh, Alexis Nyers now goes by Alex Alexis Haynes. She's married. She has adorable little kids. She really struggled with addiction, and that was going on while she was on the show, and everything that surrounded the bling ring that she was associated with and went to jail for was happening. She was very deep in her addiction at that time. And now she's really become a spokesperson for recovery and becoming sober and I actually think she's out there doing great things in the world and just recently was the 10-year anniversary of the Nancy Jo Sales Vanity Fair article where she pretty much dragged Alexis and it was what spawns the iconic voicemail of I wore 2-inch BB 
heels, which I think I should insert a little clip of right here. And I've never really, you know, experimented with adding sound clips in, but I think today is the day we step it up a notch, guys. It's episode 24. I'm going to give you a three second break from the up talk and we're going to insert a little clip. But what I want to talk about today is how Alexis is really bringing up her grudge with Nancy Joe. And I have to say, before we even get into this, I am very solidly team Alexis on all of this. So on Alexis's Twitter, she started by debunking a lot of the things in the article. And she's debunked these in the past, but I think with it being the 10 years, she brought it up again. Um, for example, she was again bringing up the fact that she wasn't wearing Louboutins to court. She was, in fact, wearing brown BB kitten heels. I've seen the picture. They're a little more than a kitten heel, but definitely less than like a Socate Louboutin, you know. But she reached out to Nancy Joe because she wanted to have Nancy Joe, the author of the Vanity Fair article, on her podcast her current day podcast that Alexis does. And Nancy Joe would not agree to it. And so Alexis goes on and she shares the whole uh, thread, basically, that she had with, with Nancy Joe. And Nancy Joe just comes off, honestly, as insufferable in this. So I'm going to read you the little parts that struck me. So Nancy Joe asks... Alexis why she wants to do a podcast with her and Alexis says absolutely I find it interesting that it's been over 10 years and the meme of me having the Nancy Joe meltdown is still being referenced on a regular basis on social media I think that there's definitely an interesting conversation that could be had around your career and success is the article the phone call and the way media portrays women sure we may walk away and agree to disagree but what if we had an interesting conversation about that time and then Nancy Joe says Alexis, you seem to think entirely too much about me. I didn't make the show Pretty Wild or that meme, both of which I've said I think are sexist. I'm sorry you have to endure it. I just tried to ignore it. It means nothing in the great scheme of things. I see that you've made a good life for yourself, had some cute kids. I'm happy for you and wish you all the best. I hope you're able to move on from this story soon as I have. Like, doesn't that have kind of a really bitchy tone to it? Is it just me? Yeah. And so Alexis says, I absolutely want to have you on the podcast. If you're not interested, that's okay. There was certainly no nut lying. When you blocked me on Twitter, I thought that you had a Instagram as well. I'm open to a healthy debate about the way you portrayed me in that article. I was a completely unlikable drug addict back then who was super uneducated and naive. But the way you made me out to be was not honest. And you broke your promise to portray me fairly and not to speak to other members of the bling ring. You blocked me on Twitter after E found in the footage of me at court in the BB shoes after I told you to stop shaming me a new mother who was newly sober and trying to heal from her past you certainly weren't honest with regards to your betrayal of yourself and intentions when we agreed to the interview and hey i get it as a journalist you're there to make money and get the juicy scoop as a result you affected my life in a major way i would love to sit down and hear your side and if there's one thing that i'm certainly am not it's a liar my sobriety depends on it and then Nancy Joe comes back and she says, please remember that I still have the tapes of our interview where you deny again and again that you 
participated in any burglaries. Then you pleaded guilty to the burglaries and served time for them. I think that says it all. Recovery, as it's been explained to me by my friends and family members who have gone through it, is about accepting responsibility for your actions, not blaming others. You seem to be hung up on blaming me for something rather than really looking at what you did and accepting responsibility, even to this day. You've done interviews where you flat out lie about me as a person and a reporter. I don't respond. I just feel bad for you. It's sad, though, that you continue to peddle this sexist myth about me as some evil woman who exploited you. My story was based on transcripts and police reports. So then Alexis again goes back and says, corrects Nancy on what she was wrong about. She says how she was only ever charged with one burglary and pled to one because she was a heroin addict and couldn't fight the case. Uh, she goes on to say she wasn't charged with more than one. And then she says, this is Alexis. I think I'll pass. You seem delusional. <laughs> And then she goes on to correct some more facts from the article. She tells Nancy Joe to check the court records. And it says, the truth is that you presented yourself to my attorney and lied about your intentions for your benefit. That's okay. I forgive you. Just own it. You lied about the shoes, your intentions, and your depiction of me. Also, I love how you throw around the word sexist and call yourself a feminist. You are anything but. You ripped apart a young girl for your benefit. I'm taking my power back. You profit off of lying about me and now I'm taking my story back and laying it all out the truth is on my side best of luck to you and your life and then Alexa I'm sorry Nancy Joe comes back again and she says to Alexis that she was paid more Alexis was paid more for the bling ring than Nancy Joe was and saying that her obsession with Nancy Joe's disturbing mm, it says, you knew there were other burglaries that you pled guilty to. That's where you got the Louboutins. Funny thing is, it would be a better story and you would get more of the attention you clearly still crave if you would just tell the whole truth. Alexis says, again, you're delusional. I pled guilty to one count of burglary. Pull the records. I never wore Louboutins to court. I didn't have stolen Louboutins and you're making all of this up. We proved that too. And I mean, this goes on and on more than what I read to you guys. If you want to check out um, on Alexis Haynes, it's at it's Alexis Haynes on Twitter. And, you know, she Alexis comes with the receipts, I have to say. And I read Nancy Joe's 10 year article about Vanity Fair, and I felt like it was very, very harsh towards Alexis. And again, kind of mirroring that message that Alexis is just so obsessed with Nancy Joe and can't get over it. And while I do think it would probably be healing for Alexis to move past this point in her life, I mean, I can't blame her for like kind of being like, what the fuck, Nancy Joe? Like, you're a journalist, get your fucking facts right. I just thought that was super interesting. I'm sorry I like read verbatim so much of that, but I mean, I just can't approve on the words of Alexis. You know, she's, a, she's an icon. And now we are into our first cut article of the day. Tinder is adding a panic button by Hannah Gold. I find talking about dating apps sort of delightful, so this ain't the first or the last time. But let's jump into what Miss Hannah said. Tinder, that erotic digital vegetable that may or may not be sucking up your personal data like a small child consuming a yoo is venturing a few new features in the name of user safety. And I can vouch, the little kids I'm around, they're still guzzling those yoo okay? The Wall Street Journal reports that the popular dating app will soon give users who want additional safety measures the option to hit a panic button and receive check-ins. Tinder users will be able to add a badge to their dating profiles showing that they are protected by the new tracking feature. Match Group is hoping this will work as a deterrent. 
And someone at Tinder told the Wall Street Journal that the location data won't be leveraged for marketing purposes, but Tinder and other dating apps have reportedly been caught up in such schemes before. So I'm a little suspicious about this, guys. I mean, again, I love when this sort of technology is used for good. I think anything that can help against sketchiness, date rape, all of that, all for it. But is this giving Tinder just one more look into our intimate day-to-day lives like of exactly where we're located? I mean, they probably already know, but this does seem like something they could use for nefarious purposes, and that's all I'm saying. Next up, furries band together to stop domestic assault in progress by Claire Lampin. Is Claire Lampin new? We haven't done one of her articles before, I don't think. This story was brought to my attention by Verge yet again, which feels fitting since it's her birthday today. Happy B-Day, Verge. You know we love talking furries on this podcast, and because I haven't had the misfortune of seeing cats yet, I'm glad we have this article in the meantime. So Claire writes that a group of furries helped stop a domestic assault in progress, tackling a man to the ground outside of a San Jose convention and restraining him until police arrived. Interestingly... This convention was called Further Confusion, i.e. FurCon, and it was captured on camera by DJ Robbie Ryan. He described the altercation as absolutely wild, all caps, in a tweet, which feels accurate, if, uh, what, if also somewhat understated. Ryan reportedly exited the convention to have a cigarette when a blue car pulled up to the curb in front of him. We heard a woman's screams coming from inside and saw the passenger throwing full fists at whoever was driving. Ryan's told CNN, we got up and ran towards the car. My friend pulled open the door and we both held on to the attacker. The girl driving was yelling for him to go as he started trying to fight us off. By then, a group of fur-suited furries jumped into the fray, helping to restrain the man until police arrived. They arrested 22-year-old Dimitri Hardnett on domestic violence charges. The guy was just walloping the lady, one of the convention attendees involved. He had to have hit her ten times. I've had my whole life a bunch of Taekwondo and Shokotan Karate, and I was able to grab him by the back, pull him out of the vehicle, put him on the ground. I couldn't just sit there and watch that. I've been a victim of abuse myself. Guys, slow clap for the furries. I mean, they are out there like modern-day vigilantes saving people from domestic violence, all the while dressed up in a costume. Because I watched this video, you guys, and the fact that these nimbles were so freaking... These nimbles. (laughs) I was trying to say that these furries were so nimble. (laughs) Because they had their huge plush tails dragging on the ground. Like they didn't have their heads on. But still, they are like getting this guy while their plush ass kanga tails are on the ground. Oh, it's something to see. Okay. Allow us to introduce this singing bottle of perfume by Jane Larkworthy. So if you recall, in episode 15, we dove deep into Miss Larkworthy's article about the conception of Santal 33. So this felt like a nice little follow-up piece. And this article follows a man who goes by the name of Muir, M-U-R, who seems to be a performance artist, and you can find him at Muir New York on Instagram. And... Last May, he did a little bit of an ode to Santal 33 while dressed in a homemade Santal costume, which is literally just like a poster board wrapped around his body in a little silver lid-shaped hat. So here are some of the lyrics. Should I sing them to you? I don't really know how the the um, musicality of it goes, but here we go. Santal 
There's a scent that's hard to swallow. It's called Santo by Lilabo. Everywhere I go downtown or in Brooklyn, it burns my nose. It's such a trigger for every ex-boyfriend and girl that we know. Was that good? <laughs> Guys, I had a, a little bit too much wine today. It's been a hard week. So Muir says, I love Santal. I wore it when it first came out, but now it's on people everywhere. And of course, he lives in Chinatown. He was having a conversation about it with fashion designer Susan Alexandra one day, and we had both dated men who wore it. We'd be in any random place in Soho or on the L train, and we'd smell it, then freeze. <gasps> Is he here? It's truly a trigger. First of all, can someone explain to me how all of these NYC cool people know each other? Like Susan Alexandra, I swear she knows freaking everyone. Is there some Illuminati cool kids club I'm not aware of? Also, is this about Alex Delaney of Bon Appetit? If you'll recall, we discussed my quickfire interrogation of him. And as I'm sure some of you are aware, he dated Susan Alexandra back in the day. And I've seen on his Instagram that he shops at Le Labo. I swear this isn't soccer material, guys. I just have a good memory, okay? This is like when I messed him, mess, or, <laughs> oh God, guys. When I interviewed him, quote unquote, and he said, I was asking him about another girl who works at Bon Appetit and if he set that girl up with her current boyfriend. And he was like, you know, I live with him, right? And I was like, yeah, like dead like yeah like of course I know that like I was his freaking best friend or something when no I've just been stalking all of his Instagram stories for three years <sighs> anyways this article goes on to say that artists came out of the woodwork and began support supporting and following Mr. Murr's work Lena Dunham Mari Andrew yada yada and I just wanted to include that point to really drive home my point about these NYC influencers. Mari Andrew and Caroline Calloway are friends, guys. It's all connected. I could do the most insane Venn diagram with the little strings in my house. That might be what this podcast comes to one day. And here's what the founder of Le Labo had to say about Amir. You just want to be friends with this guy. He calls the video brilliant. From Leilabo's perspective, it's the price to pay for having created the scent of a generation. It's interesting to see how the underground crowd, after once having used scent hall to feed their coolness, now hate the fact that it's no longer theirs only. So now it's cool to be denying it. <laughs> okay, that's like kind of the most stuck up answer I've ever heard of, but fair, accurate. And Muir says that he likes the smell of his body odor and others as well. I want to know what your pheromones are like and whether we're going to click. Body odor alone kind of weeds out who we're attracted to. And I just have to say, I'm sorry to any future paramours of mine because my body odor just ain't going to smell good, okay? It's going to be a little perfume on top of it and lots of um, body wash. On to legit shit. Guys, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I am a self-tan addict. Okay, it is a true addiction. I've been using it since I was probably in middle school. Um, I have pretty pale skin. And I'm sure anyone who knows me is like, girl, you're still pale. Like we see you. It's really not that great. But trust me, if I didn't constantly have on a layer of self-tanner residue, it would be way more Caspery. And I wanted to share my favorite ones at the moment. This might change because I'm constantly trying new ones. I've literally probably tried 40 over the course I've tried every single big one every single underground one ones that you have to order offline all of them guys I swear I've tried them one I actually really liked was the Victoria's Secret one but for some reason they discontinued that I think that was literally like the best product Victoria's Secret has had and they got rid of it so the one I'm loving right now is by Loving Tan 
Now, the two I'm going to recommend to you are either the 2-Hour Express Self-Tanning Mousse in Dark or the Deluxe Bronzing Mousse in Ultra Dark. I feel like these are pretty similar. I like the color on the Ultra Dark a little more, but I like the ease and convenience of the 2-Hour. So I can recommend both of these, but I think if you really want that color payoff and you're used to using a mousse tanner, which you definitely need a, a mitt for, go with the Deluxe Bronze Mousse in Ultra Dark. Uh, and I swear it won't be like scary, scary dark. Like I said, I don't think anyone's ever seen me and been like, wow, like you look not yourself. Like I don't think they're not that crazy. Uh, so that's my legit shit for this week. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I'll see you next week for episode 25. It's about time for our, uh, quarter life crisis. All right. Bye guys.